Thanks for listening to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? We're stoked to be back for season five, and this year we're coming back bigger and better than ever. That's right, Michael. You've been busy over the off-season. We're now on Instagram, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Now it's time for another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? Hello and welcome to another edition of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Emmanuel Penkless and I'm doing my 30 minutes of community service with a Roosters fan in preparation for this week's game. Michael Corbin, how are you? Emmanuel, <laughs> uh, despite that uh, very warm introduction, <laughs> I am doing well. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this weekend's footy, one that we don't normally get too often. It was a weekend of completely... Wet weather football. And honestly, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I didn't have much to do this weekend because the weather was terrible. And I just got to watch grown men roll around in the mud for uh, eight games, and it was fantastic. Uh, Sorry, I didn't realize this was a podcast of your (laughs) off-season. But, (laughs) um, yeah, it was an awesome weekend. Really enjoyed it. Some really good games. Um, Thursday night, a standout for me. Um, that wet weather footy, we saw a close contest, um, limited penalties, uh, great kicking games on display, and just quite relentless in approach. And handling was like, completion rates were above 80% for both teams, which you don't normally see in wet weather, wet weather football. Yeah. Uh, two really, really impressive teams. I was really very, very surprised by how well Parramatta played. Um, I thought that, um, that just that penalty at, at the end was stupid on their part, but for the most part they were really good. And I think it was the first game where they really that Melbourne Storm really missed Cameron Smith, just someone to calm them down in those in those key moments uh, and just organise everyone and you know let them play properly, not properly play focused. I think I think that's what they were Melbourne were missing this week. Yeah, there was no settler there. It was a bit of panic stations. Um, the final play from Olam, I believe, grubbed yep. it. Uh, Munster nearly regathered, and if that ball sticks, it could have been a miracle try. But would Melbourne have done the second tackle play had Cameron Smith been there? Potentially, potentially. But because Cameron's not there, and we question everything about Melbourne now. Yep. However, you know that. I guess because of their lightning start against Souths the week before, everyone thinks Melbourne's continuing on, that they just managed to go on. Big three, big two, big one, big none. Um, But, you know, who knows? I think Melbourne, it's very early to make a call. I mean, they did um, play very competitively against Parramatta side uh, with a lot of expectation around them this year. It was still a very close contest. That could have gone either way. At Bankwest as well. At Bankwest as well in those conditions. Um, So I I think it's too early to tell. I I still think Melbourne are a top four team. Uh, I think it was great from Parramatta because they showed their credentials. They were put under pressure. Um, They had to to play a game of football that that could have gone either way. It was a challenge for them because they're used to that lightning quick game of try, 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 and then having to defend, whereas the conditions didn't really allow that sort of play. Yeah, agreed. And I thought that Clint Gufferson was fantastic. Uh, I thought that Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown did a really good job. 
Isaiah Papali'i off the bench, and he's starting this week, uh, was, again, just really damaging on those on those edge runs. And Reed Marnie has started, I think, the, the new rule changes. I think he struggled with them last year. He's not the fastest hooker in the game, but this year he's really... Uh, really taken the lead at that hooking role and started to run a lot more and Parramatta benefiting from it. Yeah, I really enjoyed the battle of the fullbacks. I thought Pappenhausen and Gutherson both had excellent games. Um, Gutherson's linking up with, um, and his combinations with Reid Marnie uh, are looking really strong at the moment. He's playing an excellent role as that support player through the middle. So uh, great signs there. Great game of football. Great game of football. Agreed. Uh, look, there was some other, there was some lopsided uh, matches throughout the week, though, and I think it's just it's still showing that massive divide between the. There's probably like a top nine teams this year, yeah, and the bottom seven, yeah, I think. And it was it was the nine that we set out. Like we we both had either the Titans or the Warriors being the top eight, and then like uh, so they're they're eight and nine depending on where you want to put them, and then the rest uh, we've all discussed. We had the same that bottom eight, the bottom seven, like that Cowboys. The Cowboys uh, Dragons game was it, was it was a fine game of football, but I just thought the quality was nowhere near what some of the other games were this weekend. Or like the play just it wasn't top notch. I don't think it was, it almost wasn't NRL quality. Yeah, I mean the Dragons won a game against a side in their league, right? Yeah, and um, I I think that the divide was really on show in the Roosters. Uh, Tigers game as well. The Roosters with a lot of talent off the field, uh, and the Tigers w- who just struggle to attract talent just really left a lot to the, be desired the there. T- the Tigers did have some talent off the field as well, sitting right on the sideline. It was the banner that Luke Brooks wasn't able to break through when he yeah. ran out for his 150th game. Uh, that would have done a better defense than the Tigers' left edge. It yep. was horrendous. Uh, Joey Leilua has actually been dropped this week. We'll get into it soon. And it was probably the least surprising thing that I saw on team lists. He his lack of effort was abominable, Abs- like terrible. I, I I haven't seen that little effort from a winger in a lot from a centre in a long time. And we questioned like at, when he went to the Tigers, this guy like he's he's all he's there's so many problems when you have him in your team, and then like every so often there's this spark of brilliance, but. Yeah, the, the Tigers are in a world of pain at the moment. Luke Brooks just doesn't seem like he has the chops to be a starting halfback and lead the, a team around the park. Yeah, and we've had this conversation. We had this, I'm sure if you listened to the Round 3 preview podcast from last year, or maybe not because the season was cancelled, but we would have had this conversation about Luke Brooks this time last year. Yeah. It's the same conversation every time. It's time for him to step up, take control of the team. He's played 150 NRL games now. There's no more Robbie. There's no more Benji. Uh, there's no Josh Reynolds. and I, Maybe he just can't manage the team. There are some players that, that need another player there to help coordinate that. Maybe he's not a game manager. I, I, I just yeah. I, the, the thing that really surprised me was Michael Maguire teams generally good um, with fitness and defense, and they were just left completely rattled. I think it's something like 12. In their last 12 games, the Tigers have conceded 20 points or more. That's quite concerning um, in a team that doesn't have a lot of spark. Um, And, you know, you look at someone like Benji, who's now going around playing for Souths, and you look at who the Tigers have got in that side playing for them and, and scoring points, 
and the spark that Benji has given to South two weeks in a row, how badly could the Tigers have used something like that in those two efforts in the yeah. last two rounds? Agreed. Uh, now, coming out of that game, Michael, would you like to air some grievances? I would, and... How um, unusual. So how unusual. Last, last week, before this round kicked off, I messaged you being like, have a look at the Dallium voting. I don't agree with it. And there was a couple anomalies last week, namely Brett Morris got six points when James Tedesco also scored a hat-trick and did the majority of the work. Six points. Three points. Yeah. Um, sorry. And uh, this week, Brett Morris also received another three points. He did score a hat-trick. But uh, Luke Keary had four try assists, two line breaks, and was just everywhere, had a great kicking game, and received zero points. Now... Another person who missed out points this weekend, I mentioned him before, Clint Gutherson, saved three tries. Like, was respons- directly responsible for saving three Melbourne tries. Yeah. Zero points. Who got the points? Uh, Mike Acevo got three points. Another winger. Another winger. Another winger. For the uh, match winner. For, for the match winner, yep. yes. Uh, now, the way the Dallium voting works at, this mo- uh, at, the, at the moment is there's a NRL representative on the ground. It's normally a former player. And I, I, I assume they're at the ground. I really do assume they're at the ground. Because the Roosters one I know this week was Sam Thiday. Yeah. Now, he works for Channel 9. He wasn't on the commentary team. So I'm really hoping that he was actually at the game. Yeah. And watching what players do. Because when you go to a game of football, you see a lot more by being there. You know, players like Tedesco or Ryan Papanak, your fullbacks, your halfbacks, how much they actually move and how much they're involved in the game rather than what you just see on the telecast, which is, you know, where the ball is at that point in time. Yeah. Right? I just think they're getting the voting wrong. I think they're getting the voting wrong. I think the system is wrong. Last year, we all thought that Nathan Cleary was going to get the Dallium medal. Right? Yeah. All of us thought it, despite despite the suspension at the start of the year, everyone thought that he was a shoe-in to get it because of how well he played throughout the whole season. And yet, when it came down to the voting, that last round... Jack White didn't play. Nathan Cleary had a blinder and got zero points for it. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. I also just don't understand how the the Dally M Award is supposedly for the best and fairest player. Latrell Mitchell got three points on the weekend. He had a fantastic game, but he also got sin bin. He got sin bin. Yes. He got sin bin for a professional foul. So in my head, how do you get three points for that? I don't know. The other thing is controversy is quite common with this award. You will recall a couple of years ago, Ruan Sims uh, was a, a prize giver. for. A, she was giving out points in one of the matches, and it turned out she was playing in the women's comp at the same time, and she somehow awarded the points. So that there are, there's an issue, clearly, with the system. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't was... think it's it's quite correct. And I, compl- I completely agree with you about the TV thing. Um, and watching a game on TV and watching it at, at the ground, they're two completely different things. And it should be someone who's there on the ground. And it also depends what you're looking for, I guess. And, I th- and it's I completely... I think I think the whole system should just be scrapped. I don't like awarding a player three points for scoring a hat-trick in one game and that be stuck with him the whole season. I think you need to go to more of a... Instead of rewarding everyone on a game-to-game basis, you evaluate the whole season. It should be a, a, a panel of, say, 50 to 100 people, and they vote 3 to one at the end of the season who they think are the, the three best players in the, in the year, and that's how it's done. Or they, they pick a team or something like that. Similar to what you see in American sports, I think it's much more fair that way. 
Yeah. Because, you know, someone's going to have a, a... I remember a couple of years ago, Joey Lailua had a couple really big games with the Canberra Raiders, got awarded center of the year over Latrell Mitchell, who thoroughly deserves center of the year because he had more Dalian points than him. Yeah. And that's how... that's they're, they're the flaws in this system where someone someone who is a center doesn't get that many points throughout the year. Yet, you have two big games, you get six points, you're ahead of a lot of the competition. I guarantee you, if Brett Morris has one more good game this year, he's probably going to win winger of the year. Probably. But going back to the Latrell thing, Latrell was in a team that won the comp that year. Yes. And Leilua was playing for... He was playing for Canberra. He was playing for Canberra. Yes. In a team with... Made the grand final that year, but not as many stars in the team. Yes. And so probably frequently got the points exactly and so this is where the flaws are in the system so i think you're right michael the solution is for the roosters to give up some of their stars so this issue doesn't occur again <laughs> look um i'll tell you who's not getting dally M points for this week that's felice kafusi no and he'll probably lo- i think do you lose points i haven't i just oh, i think it's multiple suspensions you lose points in yeah. the current system oh multiple sus- suspensions you're not eligible oh that's right yeah um yeah he uh he was very lucky to not be uh, sent from the field, or sin- at the least Simbin, I thought. I thought that, you know, we've seen this year that the moment you make contact with the head and that offence goes on report, you're off, you're done. And this is one of the times where it didn't happen. Um, Jesse Ramian, two weeks ago, got three weeks for slapping Matt Dufty over the back of the head. Yeah. Uh, Delamotelli is Lesniak, uh, who clipped Nathan Cleary on the weekend. He's going to get two weeks. Uh, Kafusi's going to be suspended, but he wasn't sent from the field. Uh, Wateni Zalesniak and Ramian were both. Uh, Ramian was not sent from the field, I don't think. He was not seen bid. I think that the it's almost time, especially with everything going on around concussion, it, for the blanket rule to come in that anything neck and up just has to be sent off. Sent off or Sinbin? No, sent off. Sent off. I think if they're really that concerned about concussion, which is a serious concern, it's probably time just to draw the line in the sand. The players will stop doing it. If if you're ending up with 11 or 12 on a field every week um, because they can't control it, then so be it. They're the one that wants the faster game and the spectacle and everything like that. Maybe that's the approach. Yeah, Andrew Webster last night on 100% footy actually said that I think in the last 20 years, there's been 12 send-offs. Yeah, well, the, I think we went like three or four seasons without one. Exactly. Because And, and the refs were feeling the pressure of having that decide a game. They're so hesitant to use it. They are. They are. But yeah, if, if you're right. If they want to clamp down on players going for those swinging arms uh, around the head, like Delamontanik Zelazniak did on the weekend to Cleary, which was, look, wet weather, he might have slipped, but like that arm, it was a stiff arm swinging high. You're not going to stop Nathan Cleary like that anyway. Yeah. So you want to rub that out, send the players off. Yeah, I agree. And um, a really valid point was made uh, on NRL 360 last night, and that is Latrell Mitchell went to the sin bin on the weekend for a professional foul, where it's questionable how much of an impact he had on on Daily Cherry Evans, yeah. and Daily Cherry Evans fell to the ground and um, yeah, foul play. It, it probably, foul play, it, pro- it was called. It probably it probably wasn't a sin bin offence. Yeah, regardless, regardless, if we're sending off, if we're sin binning Latrell for that, how can we not be taking action against this offence? Yeah, Felice Kafusi uh, was the res- was the key result of Ryan Madison not being able to play the rest of the game. Yeah, and he probably won't be able to play for the next couple of weeks because apparently he's in all sorts. So, but he he looked in all sorts yeah. on the field, which yeah. is what's absolutely absurd. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, very very lucky to uh, 
not be binned or at least be binned, but he, he probably should have been sent from the field. Yeah, so he will play no part in this week's grand final rematch. Nope. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's um, do a tipping update just before we begin. Yep. So going through our tipping ladder, Nick Saturis has consolidated his lead um, with six out of eight this round. Michael Corbin has jumped to second place on the ladder, um, tied with my brother. Uh, and then there's some very impressive names uh, sitting on 12 points, including myself. Uh, and then... Yeah, so we've got a pretty good comp going here. Uh, thanks to everyone for participating. And um, let's see how we all go this week. So, grand uh, hold final. Up, hold up. I'm yep. coming for you, Nick Saturus. I'm, I'm coming for you. You're not winning this comp. Here we, um, go. <laughs> here we go. So, grand final rematch this week. Uh, Penrith hosting Melbourne at the newly named Blue Bet Stadium at Penrith. What do you think, Corbs? Uh... This game depends... My, my tip for this game depends entirely on whether Nathan Cleary plays or not. He has been named. He has been named, but he does have to uh, pass all the concussion protocols uh, for the rest of the week. Um, at the moment, I am tipping the Panthers on the assumption that he's playing. If he's ruled out, I will be tipping Melbourne Storm. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I, I think the Penrith are primed to win this... Um, if Cleary plays, I think um, Melbourne coming off a, a very physical encounter last week, and I think that that might. And whereas Penrith probably had an easier run in their game last Friday night. Both teams aren't with their starting hookers. Abby Corrissau has actually been ruled out for the next six to eight weeks with a broken wrist, I believe, and Harry Grant's probably a week or two away from returning. Um, Mitch Kenny did a really good job, um, but this is going to be Panthers' first real test. They've probably versed two of the four worst teams in the competition in the opening two rounds. Now, they've kept them scoreless and have not conceded the try all season, but I can see Melbourne putting some points on them. So this is this is Penrith's first real test of the season, I think, and if Nathan plays, I think they should be good enough to win. Yep, I'm with you. Okay, early game Friday night. The Dragons are hosting Manly. Now, this is that kind of second league we've been talking about. Yep. Um, these are two teams who... Uh, well, Dragons' last start winner's got to give them that. Manly leaving a lot to be desired. Um, yeah. Um, Sirenen's out for Manly. Yep, Davies, Davies done for the season, more than likely. Uh, got that starting role on the edge and Tory's ACL within four minutes of the game, unfortunately. Um, Dylan Ward, Tom Dravojevic still isn't back. Um, Schuster jumps into that edge role. Lachlan Croker is still a hooker. I, yeah, I am... They're just they're, their spine's not great at the moment, Manly, and their forward pack's not great. There's there's not much great about this team in all at all. I think, I think the Dragons are a better side. Yeah, I, I agree. think they have more talent, and that's why I'm tipping the Dragons. I think I think so. I, I'm going to tip them too. And Manly not doing much for me these days. Yeah, I agree. And just you know, injuries are piling up a little bit, whereas Dragons are a bit healthy. They've got a bit of confidence coming off that win. So yeah, we'll see. Hey, uh, uh, yeah. As, and as I've said, they're not a bad team. 
if you look at the names there, they shouldn't be in that low and considered part of that bottom league, St. George. They're not a bad team. There are stars. They just can't align. Yeah, I just don't think they'll work together. No, it's, well, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. All right, Emmanuel, here we All go. All right, Michael, here we go. Now, <laughs> the pride of the league, the team that's won the most premierships, the uh, the heart and soul of rugby league, My God. will be hosting you can skip the their cross-town cross rivals, uh, the Eastern Suburbs Roosters. <laughs> who then changed their name to the Sydney City Roosters, who then changed their name to the Sydney Roosters and still can't get more than 5,000 in the game, um, despite having a whole city named after them. Anyway, so Souths have 1-17 to 17 from last week, except for Josh Mansour, who's been called back in to replace Jackson Paulo. Adam Reynolds facing concussion issues. I think that's why Paulo is also out for concussion issues. Yes. So, yeah, Adam Reynolds is facing concussion issues. I think he'll be all right, though. Uh, but I noticed that Dargan's in the um yeah. in the squad, so as, who knows what's going to happen a, there. As a precaution. And the other thing that happened today, Danny Wyler reported that Latrell finished training early. Yes. Uh, no more information was given. Who knows what's going on? Uh, it's probably nothing. So it's just Danny being Danny, poking his head around Redfern Oval. Maybe. Um, for the Roosters, uh, Angus Crichton's back. Yep. And a big inclusion on the bench after serving his uh, suspension is Victor Radley, who's returning from an ACL injury. So I'm glad to see Victor the Inflicted back. And this Roosters team, again, they've probably versed the other two worst teams in the competition out of the, in the first two weeks. And this is their first real test. I, I, I've loved watching us play the last two weeks, but honestly, it's been a training run against the teams that we've been versing. And Souths are a much better side than both of those teams combined. And yeah, look, Teddy's Teddy's been really good. Uh, Teddy and Brett Morris have more tries combined than any other team in the NRL. Um, they've got eleven between the two of them. So there's a lot of firepower on this Roosters team. Uh, they can fall asleep in defence a little bit, and that's what I'd be worried about. And yeah. And South's left side is um, shaping up nicely, but is Luttrell dependent? It's, so it's South's left side versus the Roosters' right side, and yes. we've both been scoring predominantly down those. Yeah. So you're going to be watching a lot of that uh, that side of the park, I think. That unfold. And, of course, the last time these two teams met, it was 60 points to eight. History means nothing amongst these teams, but it means everything. Uh, so we will see how that goes. Obviously, you're tipping the Roosters, and I'm tipping South's, right? Uh, I'm tipping south and <laughs> just making uh, sure, just making sure. <laughs> and uh, you're tipping the Roosters. Yes. The yes. other interesting prelude to this game, uh, for anyone that's willing to get out to Stadium Australia at 5:40 on Friday afternoon, is that Joseph Suwali will be lining up for the Bears against South. So yeah. uh, I know all Roosters fans love to travel, especially to away games. So. Uh, good chance to see that in action too. Yeah, Sam Walker's also, but he was he was spectacular on the weekend for the Bears. I can see him getting a spot in the squad sometime soon. Yep, definitely. All right, Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. We have the Raiders versus the Warriors. Who you got? I've got Canberra. Yeah. I'm around Canberra. Yeah. I think um, they're chugging along. They did... Beat the Tigers. It's not that exciting, but they beat the Sharks, who also aren't that exciting. But it was only just. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and but you know that's wet weather footy, and that's the kind of conditions Cronulla would usually thrive in. 
Um, I, Canberra, I think they're just going to keep cruising along this year. It won't get much attention because there's a few Sydney teams in the mix. You've got Para, you've got uh, Penrith, you've got Souths and the Roosters that will be discussed. And then how Melbourne goes, Canberra will just hum along nicely. Um, I've been really impressed with the Warriors. You know, I'm all around them, um, but expect Canberra to get it done here. Big blow for the Warriors as well. Chanel Harris-Tavita is out for the next 8 to 12 weeks with, I think, a foot fracture. And he is their key playmaker um, and has been really good for them and is great in defence. Uh, so they're going to miss him. Yeah, replaced by Sean O'Sullivan, who's played for you Roost, guys and, and the, Broncos, the Broncos. But he's had a lot of a lot of injuries, a lot of ACL injuries, unfortunately. So he hasn't really had a run in first, uh, a huge run in first grade. But I think down in Canberra, uh, they sh- the the Raiders should be too good in front of a home crowd. Yeah. Definitely. 5.30 on Saturday, we go to Suncorp. Now, Michael, can I ask, is it possible to tip nil all draws? Because this game could go down to the wire. No <laughs> points scored. Brisbane... Remember how I said last week I didn't want to tip against the, the Dragons and the Cowboys? Yeah. This is, this is worse, Yeah, I think. Man, these... <laughs> this is very underwhelming. Um, Anthony Milford showed, showed signs for the first 40 minutes of the season and then disappeared again. Yeah. Um, I watched Brisbane last week, and it, it is amazing to watch that team. There is just There, there are so many problems there. There was so, such a lack of effort. Um, they had tries scored against them by one of their prodigies that should have been playing for them. I've um, Apparently this week that... The old boys are disgruntled again. This is after two games with Kevin Walters in charge um, that they weren't participating in an old boys day, the current squad with them. And um, what are the optics of participating in old boys day when you can't even win a game? I completely back the coach on that one. Um, but I, I feel like the Titans uh, are going to position themselves to try and become the biggest club in Queensland. But we'll get to that another time. Uh, while Brisbane are in this extensive decline... I'm actually going to tip the Bulldogs, not with any confidence. I just thought Brisbane was so underwhelming. Mm, I'm going the Broncos up there in in Queensland. Um, I, I just don't think the Dogs have their Raymond Fitzalamara is out for a while, I believe. Um, they've lost Delamotelli's Lesniak, so he's a good finisher on the wings. And yeah, I just Cow the. I think I think the Broncos still have more talent. They've still got players like Tavita Pangai. Pat Carrigan is solid. Milford, on his day, is a good player. Brody Croft, the jury's out. He's done. I, I, I don't know how he still has a spot over Tom Dearden. Um, but, yeah. Broncos also this week had another big loss. They lost Reese Welch, yeah. who is their prodigy fullback coming through the ranks, who is set to replace Roger Tuovasashek next season at the Warriors. Yeah. So, you know, the players don't want to play for this team anymore. How many times do you see a child prodigy leave the Broncos? Yeah. It's and dire, dire times for them. They really need to turn it around. And I had questions about Kevy as an NRL-level coach coming into the season and when he was getting thrown out for the job last year and nothing to start this season has shown me otherwise. No, but he can't. With like with a roster like that, he can't. No, but there's his, talent but his, on this roster. But his roster is about to get worse because um, the Titans are going to have a crack at Osako and Coates. Yeah. And if the Titans are winning matches, 
and they've drawn some big names there already. And pillaging your juniors. And they're clubs. pillaging your juniors. And what is your pulling power at the moment? No, there's not much. And there's also another team coming into Brisbane in the next two years. So, yeah, bad, bad times for the Broncos. I'm, I'm, I'm tipping them, though. I don't know why. I don't want to tip either team. Like you said, I'd like to tip a draw. But I think they'll get the job done. Also, um, just so you know, that the Broncos are on a 13-game losing streak. No, no, and one more loss will put them at 14 losses, which is 14 consecutive losses, which is the equal worst in the NRL era, along with the 1999 West's Magpies team, who are classified as one of the worst and possibly the worst team in NRL history. Yeah, it's like we said... Not looking good for the Broncos. All right, next game. I I probably won't be watching that game. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> next game is actually a good one, though. Uh, we got the Eels versus the Sharks. Uh, like we said at the start of the podcast, Eels were really impressive on the weekend, on Thursday night last week. Uh, they're going to be without Ryan Madison, but Papali'i, who was fantastic uh, and has been fantastic the last two weeks, has taken that edge spot. Uh, Moses and Brown have been really good for them. Uh, Marnie is Marnie's playing really, really well. Yeah, Ray Stone set to make his debut. Um, no, that's not right. Makes his return. Yes, from injury. Sorry, not yep. his debut. Yep. Um, and then for Cronulla, uh, Hiroti's out, so um, Connor Tracy is coming in to replace him. Though Cronulla weren't too bad last week, but it's the kind of conditions they'll thrive in. Yeah. Whereas this weekend... They lost by a conversion. They like, lost by a conversion. That was it. That yeah. was it. Now, I started the campaign on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. Uh, free Billy. Yeah. Billy Magulius needs more minutes. I love watching him play when Aiden Tolman uh, is there plodding along at age 49. Um, <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, let's get Billy some more minutes. Yeah. Come on, John Morris. Save your job. How good is Billy? I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm around it, Corbs. I'm around it. I'm going for power in this one. Yeah, it's, same. Uh, I think wet weather was Cronulla's best chance. They play that grinding style and can really trap teams. It's not going to happen this week. Para, para win this one. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what do we got next? We have the, uh, sudden Sunday afternoon football. Sunday afternoon. Now, we were talking before about wet weather conditions. I really enjoyed watching Newcastle play the Warriors last week. They were that good. was a scrappy, grinding game of football. And it was literally the whoever was ahead when the bell rang kind of game. Yeah. And I really enjoyed watching it. I thought Bradman Best has been absolutely incredible um, for them. And Braley had a sensational game at Hooker. Braley has been the difference this year in why I think the Knights are going to be a, a a solid team throughout the season. I don't know if that that you know that top four five yet, but Bray, what Braley is doing is allowing Mitchell Pierce to play a lot more direct and a lot straighter because he's getting great service. Uh, they've still got Ponga to come back uh, in a couple of weeks, I think. So yeah, the Knights Knights are looking good. Their pack is fantastic. Daniel Saifidi uh, is is playing so so well. Clemmers. Clem has been really solid. Mitch Barnett on the edge has been great as well. And Connor Watson in the middle uh, just gives them that uh, gives them that spark and attack. Yeah. Um, and I think that the Knights are about to go on a bit of a run until around about round eight. Because listen to these next few weeks, Corpse. They've got 
the Tigers this weekend. They follow that up with the Dragons. This is then probably their most challenging game is the Titans. And then they've got Cronulla. And then, then it gets tough. They have Penrith. They have the Roosters. And then they have Canberra. So, so they need they need to win three of those next four. Yeah. So and that that'll put them up there. But then they could all be undone in those big three games after that. True. True. But like so, but big you, tests as well. And that's what you want after you get exactly. your season going. So I mean, they're looking good. Yeah. They're looking they good. Um. And they they showed patience with that game on the weekend. So um. And I think they'll win this one too. The other side, the Tigers, uh, look terrible. They they've scored three tries all season. Two of them have been Jacob Little running out of dummy half on the online and putting the ball over. Um, they're they're just got nothing in attack. Yeah. Now they've got they should have James Roberts back this week, uh, which will help a little bit. Uh, Dane Laurie is basically the only bright spot for this team at the moment. He looked good against the Roosters. Somehow got a point in the Dally M voting despite <laughs> their team losing forty points to six. Um, Already discussed all this. It's bullshit. But, yeah, there's not much going for the Tigers. And I think Madge, Madge is on the hot seat big time. And yeah. if they if they can't put together points this week and let in a lot more let in a lot of points again, they're in trouble. Yeah. But, honestly, coaching is not the problem with the club. No, no, I, there's, there's a lot of issues with the club. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, the coach is normally the first one to cop the axe. Yeah, but if if the right if the right structure of a club was put in place, you've got a coach there that can develop talent and help juniors come through. But yeah. that's a discussion that I think we can have another day. Yeah. On this yeah. podcast, like we like we said earlier, Joey Lalu has been dropped. Uh, Tommy Talao is taking that center spot, so that will. Maybe they'll be a bit better defensively. Kapoa is probably one of the worst wingers in the competition. Uh, so that yeah, that edge just isn't strong. And against the Roosters' right edge, which has just been damaging all season, it got picked apart. And yeah, the Knights the Knights have Bradman Best on... That's, no, Bradman Best is the other side. Disregard. But... <laughs> <laughs> the Knights are gonna the Knights are gonna target that right that left ed, that right edge or their left edge. The Knights are gonna target the players. I think that's what we've got out of this. Yeah. Okay, final game of the round is the Cowboys hosting the Titans Sunday evening game. Cowboys, Michael, I picked them for the wooden spoon, and there is nothing to tell me that's not gonna happen. Uh, I think the Tigers and the Dogs' performance could tell you otherwise. Uh, maybe Manly. They're all pretty close. They're all pretty close, but... Cowboys are bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Cowboys Cowboys are bad. Yeah. Um, the Titans are, are good. I enjoyed watching them last week. They were yeah. throwing the ball around. They are good. Um, it's, it's early days, and obviously they're, they're a bit more competitive, and they've they've attracted some names. They've got Tino. Uh, they've got Fafita. Uh, Mitch Rain had a great role at Hooker. Uh, Brimson is obviously phenomenal, and um, but I think that... If they can sort of, while, you know, the Cowboys and Broncos aren't doing that well, if they can sort of establish themselves as, as the best team going in Queensland while the other two are down, that could have some long-term lasting effects for the club in terms of attracting players, 
um, attracting uh, crowds back to their stadiums. So um, who knows? Onwards and up for them. I think they'll win this week, um, and they'll just keep rolling along for now. Yeah. Look, AJ Brimson was coming off a pretty serious injury, that Liz Frank injury, which is a broken bone in the foot. Very hard to come back from. Uh, It'll take him some time to... he, He hasn't started the season as crash hot as he was at the back end of last season. So he's still improving. Unfortunately, I think they've lost Ash Taylor for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be a bit of a loss. He was playing well. But Fogarty, Fogarty has been really good. Uh, I actually thought Corey Thompson had a really good game for them on Friday night. Corey Thompson. He is... Um, he another, just, he's, yeah, another, another player the Tigers, another Tigers player have let the go. Another player the Tigers gave up. I yeah, know, I know. For nothing. But um, just, yeah. he's just really solid. He brings the ball back. He runs with aggression. He comes in off his wing and, and runs it up and... And him and um, Anthony Don uh, both had really good games and they just yeah. seem to be enjoying their football. So let's hope we see more of it. Yeah, Tino Fasul Malawi has uh, been playing well for the start of the season. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't translated to fantasy, but uh, he was really good for them on the weekend as well. Yep. So, should we recap? Yeah. Okay, Thursday night... Uh, we subject to Nathan Cleary. We are both going for Penrith yep. to win the grand final rematch. Uh, both going St George to beat Manly. Uh, I'm going for Souths and you're going for the Roosters, obviously. Uh, both going Canberra to beat the Warriors. You're backing Brisbane at home while I've got the Dogs. Both going Para to beat Cronulla. Both going the Knights to beat the Tigers and both going the Cowboys to beat the Titans. No, sorry, Titans to beat the Cowboys. Yeah. In Townsville. Yep. There we go. Sounds good. Do you reckon you can catch me this year? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you win the tipping comp so we can win the real comp. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, that's it for this week. It's a bit of a shorter one. Uh, we've given you a lot of content the last couple of weeks, so we figured we'd keep it down, keep it uh, under that uh, 40 minute mark this week, hopefully. Um, there will be a lot to discuss next week. Depending on how Friday night goes, yeah, one of one of us might be really chatty. The other one might not be. Um, <laughs> it might be a monologue. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's see how we go. Um, but as always, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, Corbs, how good is rugby league? How good is rugby league? Thanks, guys.